Hey, welcome everybody to podcast number 142. Sorry we're a little bit late. Uh, some of us got in late and we had some connection issues and all that fun stuff. But how's everybody doing in the heat? I, I was playing pinball, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really good, really good, yes. Uh, yeah. I think I think people are super excited. Some of their kids are, are gone to school and... I know that we're kind of getting excited to have some of our league bowlers back. Uh, we had our Sunday night draft, and um, nobody listened to the damn thing I said. Uh, so that's par for the course, and I think everybody's just excited to be back to normal here. Yeah. I can't believe the summer's over. I can't, I can't believe league starts. These are the next... hottest days of the year. Summer ain't over yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's weeks, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe school's back in. I can't believe leagues are starting again next week. Or leagues are starting in some other centers this week. And um, It's crazy. It just seems like it went by really fast, which is which is okay. But it's kind of nice, right? Okay. The summer is, I mean, obviously we'd like summer to be six months long, but the reality is it's not. And to get back into structure, get the kids back into school, get us back to our routines, get leagues going, or whatever other activities we have on a nightly basis. It's kind of look forward to get back at it. So it's good. Yeah, I, I don't know. Our winter was so hectic, and it was just kind of like boom, like COVID's over. We're we're going, and it 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 was it was a lot last summer. Yeah. Last winter was a lot. So it's like, yeah, let's recharge in the summer, and then that didn't happen. So yeah. <laughs> I I, th- I think the craziest thing is. I mean, September 2020, September 2021, we really didn't know what to expect coming to fall with the kids, uh, with everything going on with the virus, what, what we're gonna, leagues are going to be looking like or hoping to last. I think there's like sort of a, some new excitement knowing that it should be okay, right? It's like it's almost more guaranteed than we ever had in a long time, right? Um, and then there's no real talk about like – no negative talk about the kids in school or anything like that. So I think it's just, uh, I think it's really good that way. I and mean, that's why I'm kind of more excited about this season. Yeah. Does Kids Bowl Freedom, I'm sure we can talk about this when we have our guests on, but is that now done for you guys? Like that program an August 31st type of thing, or does it have an expiry we, limit? We, we ran it until Labor Day Monday. And yes, the only okay. reason why we did Every gets to choose their yeah. time period, when they start it, when gotcha. they end it. Yeah. Gotcha. So we, we decided we wanted to do it until the end of, Monday, just because we had no leaks, might as well have it open for those that still want to come in. Um, and I, I think we looked at it, it was like what thirty four hundred kids we had signed up this year, and that, which is incredible. I know Sandberg had a little bit more than us. Don't know what had happened to Bonnie Dune, but realistically, that I mean that could be ten thousand kids signed up in our city, which is absolutely <laughs> incredible for it, right? So yeah, it's yeah. good for bowling. Yeah, good, good way to promote it to the kids. Uh, the, I mean, hell, there was there was a kid that came in last week for the first time, and uh, and they were came back this week. They were trying to do a day of fun things last week, and they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna go bowling, we're gonna go mini golf, we're gonna do all these things." And they have a staggered start this week for school, and then the kids came back this week, and Dad's like, "No, they don't. They don't care about mini golf. They don't care about any of those things. All they want to do is come back and bowling." So, um, yeah, it was packed. It was awesome. It's it's good for the game. Hopefully, we'll see some turnover into into our YBC programs, right? Yeah. Exactly. Sounds good. Um, so, people that are tuning into this podcast here, uh, as everybody knows, Tim books our, our podcast here weekly, and uh, he's extraordinarily got all the presence of the major associations of Five Pin on one po- podcast, not at the same time, it have their little segments to deal with their spiels about the associations, and we get to ask a few questions here and there about them. Um, 
So, Tim, from this point on, you can kind of roll with oh. the podcast. You kind of have the agenda. You know who's supposed to be on at what times and all that good stuff. But uh, go ahead and take it from here, man. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I'm really honored and excited. I think we all are to have all our uh, national presidents on. We have Brian Rossetti from the Masters. There's going to be coming on in two minutes. And then we got, uh, or maybe a little bit sooner than that, and then we got Ray Burton in about half an hour from that. And then we have Lenny Ellison from the C5 uh, coming in after that. So three really well-respected presidents and uh, who've done a lot for the, the game of growing the sport. Um, definitely interested on uh, what's going on for them during the summer, like what's coming up for the season, um, how their events are doing and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a good good way for them to kind of give a spiel out to everybody and, and get the season started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right. So I think the f- so one minute early, we're going to bring in Mr. Nope. Rossetti. 7.15 on the nose. Oh, 7.15. Okay. Just right. No, no, no it's 7.15 right now. It's 7.15 oh, right now. Not on my computer. My, on my computer. No. Atomic Hendrix, Hendrickson has a good question. Would you count WCBT as a major association? It is some good cam- comments. Are, yeah, there's already, <laughs> well, already some good comments out there. Right, we see well, Dakota. That, we, we've got right. carry on here too, so eight forty-five. Carry comes yeah. at eight forty-five. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it's good to see the bowling centers. Other people saying like Dakota and Uptown saying that they were packed during the summer. Obviously, Absolutely. David Cisco down down Mess and Hat saying that they were packed. I mean, that's that's great testament, true success of that program. So yeah. All right. Shall we bring in Brian? Yeah. Sure. All right. <laughs> we made him wait long enough. <laughs> So our president of Masters Association of Canada, Mr. Brian Rossetti. Hi, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? Good, good. See, seems time. I just saw you maybe a month like, ago. Long, long time <laughs> no see. Right. I saw you a couple of days ago. Yeah. Well, well I've got everyone on. Hey, thank, thanks for the great uh, help you did volunteering to put on our show up there in Edmonton. That was, uh, that was really, really good. I think our national went really well. Yeah, yeah, it was it was super yeah, fun to for be you. there. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it was super fun to be so, there. So, what do you want to know? Like, yeah, so I mean, I, I kind of want to get started with maybe let's let's talk about how did you get into the Masters? Um, how did you become president? I know you moved up the ranks. I've been you've been here forever in Alberta as a president. Um, what made you want to become the role that you are? Well, now you're making me. <laughs> Oh, it's it's not it's not a it's not a bad yeah, question. You're, you're making me sound old now, but I guess maybe I am. I do both seniors, by the way. So. <laughs> hey, uh, well, well, first of all, you know, I got into bowling. My mom and dad put me into bowling back when I was young, obviously in YBC, and I came up the ranks of YBC. And Saturday mornings, you know, I used to watch Scooby Doo and other shows like that. And then my my mom and dad said, "Hey, you're going bowling this year." So they signed me up at Capri Lanes in Lethbridge, Alberta. Never bowled before and uh, went out that day. And the reason we went to that, uh, and it's still prevalent today, is that it was inexpensive. We didn't have a lot of money in the household, and it was uh, $2.10 for your three games. And, um, yeah, so there we were, Capri Bowl in Lethbridge. And uh, from there on, you know, I just kept bowling and and uh, went to Sate, moved to Calgary, went to Sate, quit bowling leagues and everything, but still bowled the Masters and, and the Open. And then once I graduated from Sate, 
a name you'll you'll know well, Mr. Greg Gigliak. He, he approached me and said, "Hey, would you be interested in being on our board?" And I, you know, so I thought about it for a bit, kind of, kind of like uh, you did, Dexter. To, you know, it took me yeah. a while to think it through, and uh, finally uh, I decided, yeah, I, I'd come on as treasurer. And as treasurer, it was important because I wanted to learn all the facets of the game of, of, of what the Masters was about, about where the money came from, you know. So just because really. That um, I guess as being treasurer, I've always looked as thing uh, the masters as a business uh, rather than a uh, so so that's how, how um, we become successful. Uh, so you know, and I, I joined Tom Boytel was our was the president, and then Gene Zebarth was president, right? And after that, Greg, and then you know Greg had been president for about four years, and uh, he was just very busy, and he said, "Hey, w w would you like to become?" Uh, you know, try to run for president. So, so there was an election, and there it was. There I was as president of Alberta, and I've been very fortunate and very proud to uh, represent Alberta. And then, how I became national president, you know, you keep going to these meetings for quite a while. And of course, Walter Heaney was the president, and uh, nothing bad to say about Walter, you know, he's. I, I remember back uh, at our nationals in uh, Quebec, and, and we invited Walter back to, you know, to uh, say goodbye and have a closure. And when I introduced him, standing ovation all around, right? What, what he deserved. Uh, well, Walter uh, gave 39 years to the Masters uh, as president. Um, so, you know, some people have been asking me, hey, Brian, you know, you know uh, would you be interested in running for pre president of Canada? And so, you know, I said no for a couple of years, but then, you know, they kept asking. So I said, hey, what the heck? You know, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll try it out. And, and uh, the rest is history. I got elected and, uh, and I'm very fortunate to represent the Masters of Canada. And uh, we have, you know, such a good board. All the presidents uh, uh, and delegates across Canada do a fantastic job. Our meetings are very productive and especially in the last, uh, you know, especially this last year during COVID, you know, we're having Zoom meetings, trying to decide, can we put nationals on? Uh, having to cancel a nationals, you know, or two. And uh, and um, anyway, got a really good crew. So that's uh, that's the that's the history. And, and if and if uh, you've ever spoken with me before, I'll let you all know. I've been really lucky in the sport of five pin bowling. It's um, been very good to me. I've uh, been able to go to nationals from, from Nanaimo, uh, BC, Victoria, all the way to St. John's, Newfoundland, and the sport's been very good to me. So it's my way of giving back to the sport, and that's why that's why I do what I do. Um, you know, I, I, everyone, you're all nodding your head, and that's why you're doing this as well, I know. And it's, uh, I know it's a volunteer's thing, but it's giving back to the sport. And, and that's just important. And I, I'm hoping that the younger people that are listening um, take their turn and start getting involved in this because, you know, we're, we're, we're all not getting any younger and we need the next, uh, the next generation to come along and, uh, you know, uh, and, and help, help carry on our sport. Um, and, and, you know, I mentioned earlier about Greg Gigliak. I mean, he's, he's been on our board for over 40 years. Like it's, Talk about dedication, right? That guy looks so, younger than I do. So there's a long answer to your question, <laughs> yeah. but you know, he's not even forty, is he? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Brian, Ooh, sorry, Masters. Greg. It's again, Masters is coming up in Newfoundland. Um, I guess uh, is there any yeah. like tidbits you can share, like um, where, like where is it being yeah. played in, and, yeah, and uh, who's in charge, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So our nationals are in St. John's, Newfoundland this year, and you know Brad Glenn's the president out there, so I'm sure he's overseeing everyone, everything, but. He's gone to a person that uh, we we all know, uh, Annetta Power. Uh, she's she's an amazing person. Has given her life to the sport as well. And I, I remember my first time I ever went to St. John's, Newfoundland, and mm -hmm. uh, it was at the Delta Hotel. In fact, the same hotel, host hotel, we're going to be using in 2023 is the Delta, just on just off of George Street. So you you walk to a block and you're right on George <laughs> Street fantastic location and when we checked in you know um there was this this tall young lady and, and she says where are you from i said fine brian rossetti i'm from alberta I says well we'll take your care of you and she just we'll take care of you bye and she walked us right in to, uh to registration and that was my first time i met Annette power and and she's uh she's a legend and you know I won't give her age away because when she sees me, she'll kill me. Uh, but <laughs> trust her to say um, we're, we're in good hands with Anetta out there. So our dates are uh, June 29th is opening ceremony. So I would imagine I can't speak for all the provinces, but the Western provinces, I, I can speak for Alberta. You know, we'll fly out June 28th and we'll have opening ceremonies on June 29th. And then uh, we we have the closing ceremonies uh on, on july the third everyone leaving on july the fourth and we're bowling at plaza bowl we, so that's where we're bowling at and that's where we're at delta hotel and um yeah and that is the boss again <laughs> that's certainly nice when you can play all in one bowling center isn't it i mean we, we experienced that this year at bonnie dune from what i understand in years past you're not always having that luxury so you know different contingents and groups are around so being able to have that at one center is, is certainly nice isn't it yeah i i believe hey i know they've written in plaza bowl that they'll probably have one more lane but i i am not um because we have, we need 48 lanes so mm -hmm. i expect they'll they'll have another center but i don't think uh, that's been uh decided as yet um so i don't want to speak out of turn yeah plaza is only 36 lanes right so um so they probably would either need a shift that's kind of tough there too right so they'd probably be looking at another set right and maybe holidays yeah. close by everything's pretty close there anyways for the most part compared to us out west with calgary or something like that so yeah that's good um Daryl, I know you had some questions you wanted yeah. to. Yeah, well, I guess just first, you know, maybe Brian, take us back and tell us a little bit about the Masters Association. Obviously, there's three different categories you can play in. Um, not everybody that's watching this now or in the future knows exactly what the Masters does. So maybe in a nutshell, um, tell us a little bit about the, the offerings for it. Yeah, so, so you broke up a little bit, but I think uh, I heard you ask for was a little description of the different divisions of the Masters. 
Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so this is the neat part about the masters. We have the three divisions, tournament division, teaching and seniors. So the tournament division, which is where I made my first nationals. I mean, you're bowling with the best of the best. I mean, I grew up bowling against Lynn Howell, going against Gene, you know, against Bruce Mortar. And then all of a sudden you're on a true all-star team. I mean, it's, it's amazing because you're bowling and you're bowling the open, you're always bowling against these guys, bowling against them. And all of a sudden, hey, I get to bowl with Bruce and Lynn my first years, as well as Dwayne Plato and Medicine Hat, right? Mm -hmm. We had such a good good time. And that's that's one of the key things with the tournament masters. Uh, you get to bowl with everyone in the province. And, and it really gives a, an opportunity for people uh, who may live, uh, they're very good bowlers, and live in a you know a not so strong zone. Uh, Bonnie McDonald's a perfect example. I mean, you know, I I I know over the years in my memory serves me right. I think the North Zones won once, um, and that was before Bonnie's time. But now she's got a chance to go to nationals all the time, and and Correct. the rest of Canada gets to see how good she is, right? And same with uh, well, of course, Diane's down down south as well. Diane Violini, you know, she just keeps going. So. That's the highlight of, of the tournament division. You're really in my, my, you're bowling with the best of the best. And then you go to the nationals and you're bowling the best of the best from every province. I mean, the, the, the competition is top notch. Everyone that makes those uh, provincial teams, it, it, it's, it's not by luck. I mean, you're, you're, you're a shooter. So, uh, you know, that, that's the tournament division and as well as singles. Uh, you know, we have that unique format in the singles where it's match play and uh, with points. And, uh, of course, that that's always interesting. Uh, I remember back when Sherry Lessick won in 1984. And, you know, she she struggled in the round robin. But, you know, the time was just right for her. And she won enough matches just to get in the stepladder. And on Saturday, she caught fire. And there, there you are, presto, Canadian champion, right? Mm -hmm. So um, anything can happen in in, uh, in the tournament division. And then the uh, second division, which is really neat, is our teaching division. Really the grassroots and really the strength of our association. Uh, we, ha we have so many teaching members across Canada and uh, many of them are coaches of kids. So what's really neat for them is they, they get to bowl against each other every once in a while. They get the opportunity to go to a provincial final and a national final and then compete. And, you know, I kind of listen to them over the years and you say, hey, uh, and they all know each other because they're, they're coach kids at YBC nationals and they kind of know each other. And so uh, the teaching divisions is really good and it gives everyone an opportunity to make the national. Doesn't matter if you have a 120 average or you know a, a 240 250 average a little tough sledding if you got a really high average but i have seen people with uh, higher averages making the the teaching division as well so that's the that's a really nice outlet to let all those coaches be able to actually compete right and then we have the seniors well the, the seniors is uh you know is the poa at the nationals but some provinces uh, have a scratch division like ourselves in Alberta and in Ontario. And it's, um, it's more of a, you make, you know, it's very competitive. 
um, but it's more everyone's. Ha I mean, everyone's happy to be there, happy to be there. As bad as that may sound, I, I, I remember. I remember bowling one year with uh, with a fella, and I mean, he's on oxygen, so he goes, throws his three balls, comes back, and hooks his oxygen up. I mean, it's it's a real reality check, right? Yeah. I mean, here's a guy. He's he's just so happy to be there, and. Um, so seniors is uh, we we when we get to the nationals it's a POA event, um, and um, it's more of a relaxed division in the seniors um, because every everyone's just happy to be there more social I guess I would say, so that's the three divisions we have and what makes it a bit different and once again in seniors, I mean there's there's some good shooters in the seniors Jeff Bourne this year bowling bowling seniors you know and there's. Yeah. There's always really good shooters like uh, Terry Little out of Ontario and Jim Head's been on the team. And then next, you know, he, I guess he couldn't make the seniors, so he made made, made the uh, tournament division this year and won yeah. a gold medal, right? So. Yeah. It's like Dave Biscotti was on the seniors. Ageless. Team this year, that's the that, great that yeah. my mind. Guys, that's the great thing about our sport. You, yep. We can compete. So We, we Brian, compete. As long as we can throw, we can compete. And, you know, if you get a little, you know, something goes wrong with your body and you can't compete at a high level, you can always compete at POA, right? That's that's why our sport's fantastic. Perfect. So, so Brian, for those that are out here that haven't joined the Masters before, um, how do you, like, who do you try to contact in your provincial association or... Is there a way for them to, to learn more about it in order to be able to join? Yeah, well, certainly uh, each province ha has their presidents and delegates. Um, get in touch. You know who's a really driving force, too, is uh, proprietors. The proprietors, they, they will know uh, mainly who, who to get in contact with, like in, in Alberta. You know, you can contact myself or, or just uh, and you can contact our zone directors. We have it all on our website, mbaofa.ca, and you can get in touch with a zone director. Um, so a combination of the zone directors and proprietors can steer you in the right direction and get, get, you, get you signed up for sure. Perfect. Um, how do you... When it comes to numbers uh, for the three different divisions, is that something you watch each year if enrollment is up or is it going down? And I guess with that is how do you define success for the year? Is it by by the numbers or, or what does that look like for you guys? Well, yeah, for, for sure. Every every September, uh, we, we have a meeting coming up here, uh, September, September 11th, I believe, our first master's meeting yeah. in Alberta. And, we review where we're at, how many people, you know, how many people uh, joined in the tournament division. And, and so De Dexter will be given a report on how the turnout was last year. And we, you know, last year is a bit of a challenge because of the COVID, right? Uh, our numbers were down. Uh, we, of course, we always look at the numbers because uh, membership is key to us. We're, you know, before COVID, we probably had around 370 to 390 people, uh, members all the time. And then last year we're about 289, so lost 100. But there's quite a few that were nervous about playing at the beginning. Uh, so we will review that. Uh, we do review that. The uh, teaching division is the bread and butter. They, they have the most members and the and the seniors. Uh, 
seniors uh, have have a good amount of players in your tournament division, of course. Uh, Dex, probably around you're running around forty five to fifty, are you not? Yeah, yeah, somewhere in around totally. forty five to fifty for the most part. It, the funny thing about our division was that we were actually up numbers last year from the the previous year, which is interesting. The previous year was Newfoundland too. The last time we got to compete, but I think everybody in the tournament division was. Le- less cautious and more just wanting to play. So um, they came out last year and we had we had pretty decent numbers. 45, so I think, yeah, 45, 46. And do you see it fluctuate, Dex, between where the national event is? Obviously, Newfoundland is sort of a highlight <laughs> for everybody. Um, yeah, notoriously, you know. yeah, notoriously, Newfoundland is one of the highest. Yeah, hey, for hey, sure. Dex, I can answer that one because I've been seeing it, seeing it for a while. We call it the Newfoundland bump, right? I mean, Newfoundland, uh, we usually get way more. A lot of people want to go to Newfoundland. So our, our number always goes up in Newfoundland and then, you know, comes down. But yeah, for sure, Newfoundland, we're expecting um, a, lo- a lot more members than usual, Daryl. So it's a tough act to follow from Newfoundland. I feel bad for who's after them. <laughs> yeah. no, it's not us. Yeah. Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> Going to Winnipeg. Yeah. Usually Winnipeg we're after ha- Newfoundland, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Winnipeg has a huge draw anyway. Yeah, because of great support. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because because of the COVID, we had it usually goes Newfoundland and then Alberta and uh then Manitoba. And so because of the COVID and all that, we had to cancel nationals. So uh, it's actually Winnipeg, but we will be flipping back the other way uh, in in future. What would you say is like the biggest challenge maybe facing the Masters? Is it, you know, like you said, the number, the location of a tournament? Is it COVID obviously was a big issue? Is it format for qualifying in a the, you know sometimes there's six events you know is it the july long weekend you know i'm just putting some things out there i'm not trying to point to anything specific i'm just asking a general question in, in general what do you think would be biggest hurdles and the challenges that the masters needs to has to overcome on an annual basis yeah well well that's that's a really good question daryl thanks for asking that one so the biggest challenge that that we have across canada in each province is uh is funds to go to nationals i mean it gets more expensive every year and uh we're very fortunate that each province um has been skilled at uh squirreling money away and and saving up to go to nationals be it an assessment uh fundraisers at different provinces have different fundraisers golf tournaments to raise funds that's the biggest challenge, and, and uh, for, for example, I can only speak for Alberta, and I apologize to everyone out there, but I mean, I did, looking at the budget, it's probably our budget's probably around sixty-five to seventy thousand uh, dollars, you know, for, to go to St. John's, Newfoundland. So, uh, but we knew that we knew that two years ago, you know, we, we're kind of safe for that. So everyone's gotten in a swing, but swing of things of uh, planning. Uh, for for travel, but that's the single biggest thing is is financial, right? Because uh, we're fortunate; we have a lot of members. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're, it's it's years of planning. I mean, with with Alberta, you know, we 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 host. Uh, we've been in Quebec. We usually have three big travels, and then then we've got a couple nationals in Western Canada, so we can catch up a bit and build up our funds again, right? But Funding, that's a long answer to your 
sheer simple question, but I, I without a doubt across Canada, it's it's getting the funds to go to nationals. Correct. So it must have been difficult hosting a nationals because that comes a lot of out of our pockets, if I remember correctly, and then going to Newfoundland. So it's a big, big hit, I guess you can say, these last two years or these next two years, whatever you want to way to look at it. Yeah, Newfoundland's a big hit, and then um, hosting is always a, a, a hit too. Although we've done, uh, you know, with everyone's help, we've done very well um, in in Alberta. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's a big hit. Another and, challenge, and then, down. you know, I guess the second thing. Sorry. No, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, so then the second thing uh, there would be just membership. I mean, you know, we, we, we're our biggest challenge is getting the graduating YBC bowlers to, to bowl, uh, join the Masters. I mean, that's what we need to do because, I mean, seniors, we just we keep playing, but eventually we're, we're not going to be around to play anymore. And um, we're, we're always trying to uh, recruit YBC bowlers, and, and so that helps them bowl after YBC with the proprietors because then they've got people bowling and it helps our membership as well. Um, but our membership in our pro all provinces um, uh, has, has been uh, it's been pretty good actually. Uh, I know for uh, Brad, Brad and this group out there in Newfoundland have done a really good job. I remember for years, okay, well, how many, how many do we need? You need 32. Ah, uh, we've got 33. So we're okay, you know, 50 scrounge and trying to trying to get one more person. But I, uh, Brad, you know, not now there's, uh, I can't quite remember the numbers off the top of my head, but high 40s or 50, I think they have. So all the provinces uh, are doing doing okay as far as that goes. Uh, the, the Yeah, there you go. So that'd be our two challenges. Mm -hmm. it, it's nice to hear that with Newfoundland. Um, I think that's kind of collectively something they've worked on through all organizations and bowling as a whole, um, you could definitely tell that there's an excitement in Newfoundland over the last decade or so that's been continually growing. And I wonder some some of that's you know having influential people like Bobby O when he was around and doing great work at, at Holiday Lanes and uh, and Paradise, and then and then you have uh, Melissa and um, and those and Shane Chafe doing NBT, and and you start to see the growth as a whole in bowling out there, just people wanting to compete all the time. And, and then you start to see growth around all the organizations based around it. So um, I think that it's putting in really good work. And it's nice to see um, just a kind of a spark around the country too. I mean, you, you're starting to see it in Winnipeg again too, in Manitoba. Um, definitely more people playing out there. And um, it's, yeah, it's just nice to see the excitement back out to play. Yeah, the, the, I, I know. I did know. I did notice that nationals uh, in Edmonton. Um, I was fortunate that we, we had the uh, tournament ladies from Newfoundland, and man, a lot of young, a lot of young women there, right? Pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I think so they NBT sign. has an event next weekend, don't they? I think yeah. I saw something about they have a, a tournament next weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, Jim had Jim had has a good question there about the Maritimes. Will PEI and Nova Scotia be participating in Newfoundland? Now, obviously, they're closer in proximity that they wouldn't necessarily be able to travel everywhere. But do you know any insight on that, Brian? Uh, 
Yeah, I do. Uh, unfortunately, uh, with with the Maritimes, they were scheduled to to join us, um, but negotiations kind of fell off. The the challenge with that, and and they're not dead. The 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 uh, they're always open, but the challenge is they can't host the nationals. So part part of being in Masters is your you know you take your turn hosting nationals, which is a big expense. So imagine how do you make it fair and equitable for all the provinces when when you don't ever you just get to go to the nationals but you don't have to the out uh the pay to go to host a nationals so that's a bit of a stumbling block um you know we we uh, we won't get into the details here but uh we, the the balls in their court uh we we did have a, a we did have a um some negotiations with them uh it didn't turn out favorably with their membership i guess i'll put it at that but the door is always open for them to uh to come to come back hopefully in the masters sometime in the future mm -hmm. yeah uh, an atlantic team was something that i was always hoping would happen at some point obviously there's a lot of logistics involved with that but i think an atlantic team there's so many talented players in pei and, and nova scotia that uh i'm sure would relish the opportunity to play I mean, yeah. Freddie Toffelmeyer for one. I mean, he's out. He comes out to Alberta for a while, and then go, goes makes Masters Nationals and wins out of Alberta. And I'm sure he'd love an opportunity to go back to. So, I think an Atlantic's team would be really neat. But obviously, yeah, there's a lot of logistics. And mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, here's here's Val, and, and and Val is an incredible ambassador of the game. She works so hard at everything too. And um, yeah, there, there's always hope. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't know about the whole hosting thing. That does make some sense. Um, I think uh, New Absolutely. Brunswick is eight. eight the doors games. open. Yeah, Nova Just Scotia have to try to work things games. out. There isn't. Yeah, there isn't a whole lot of lanes available, and uh, logistics with everything going across the country would be real tough for it. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right, so we're going to, I think, going to yeah. wrap it up here with Brian. Brian, do you have any other closing remarks or anything for before we let you go? I do appreciate you coming on and and let everybody know about uh, the Masters and and what they're doing this this year. Yeah, hey, uh, no, I just want to thank thank everyone for tuning in. Thank you all for what what you're doing for our sport. And uh, you know, talk to your local proprietor. Uh, look online. You've gone down to bound to find someone and sign up for the masters and you know we we hope to see you in in newfoundland or or anywhere else uh, even even at chinook mall yeah you can see you anywhere so and uh, of course dexter i'll be seeing you at meetings so you bet yep we'll see you <laughs> so hey week. thanks for inviting yep. me and letting me to talk about the masters i really appreciate it we're, we're a great organization yeah thanks brian thanks brian awesome good stuff perfect care brian all right we're going we're gonna to let Brian go there. So, uh, yeah, Masters is a good organization. They have all different skill levels. You have their seniors, your POA, your scratch. Uh, New Flats being hosted for their nationals. I was just out there for the Open. I tell you what, it's it's going to be a good time out there for sure. Um, how would you – are you guys are you guys playing Masters this year at all? Oh, uh, Yeah. Always. I got, I got, I got to be there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. has to be there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, guys, you you know the answer for that. I'm not a masters player. I've got two kids and a busy life on the side. That it's just one tournament that I've never really played in. Um, I did when I was really young and played one year, and you know, 
and and yeah, it's just something that I just can't fit into the schedule. So it's it's a cool event. I I, I support it. I respect it. Um, and it, you know, Brian even said it's the best on best, and that's the thing that sort of I miss out on is the opportunity to play with people from Calgary, people from Medicine Hat, you know, people from from North, wherever it is. And that's the cool thing that across the province you get the best players coming to compete on one team. It's not just within your zone. So maybe someday, um, just not yet. So yeah, I, and I I would like to encourage like uh, some of the provinces out there. I know like uh, BC and Saskatchewan. Um, and a, some other ones sometimes struggle for, for membership or participation. You got to go out and give it a shot, um, and, and definitely give your shot for at least for nationals or at least try. Uh, it's only two weekends in a lot of those other places instead of us with three, so yeah, to give it a shot there. And just Tim, quickly, the the prerequisite to, in order to be a masters, you can't just sort of simply sign up and register. You have you to have taken at least. Sorry. It, it, in it Alberta, it, it depends on the province. So in Alberta, you have to take the community sport. That's part of their prerequisite. In other provinces, uh, I can't speak which ones. You just have to just sign up. For the for the people that don't know, community sport is yeah. a coaching program, part of yeah. the the curriculum. Yeah. Okay. Just, just simply to take the program, it doesn't mean you have to actually be a coach and actively involved. Correct. Right. Um, in Alberta, it just means that you have to have taken that clinic and maybe ma- making ethical decisions or any of that stuff. But okay, All so it's different stuff, for each yeah. province. And so Correct. is the qualifying for different divisions through each province. They sort of dictate their own what that qualifying Correct. looks like, right? Different weekends, right. different everything. So, yeah. Personally, I, I find like Masters Nationals one of the neatest nationals there is. Like you said, it, it's the best of the best playing. You get to play with players that you don't get to play with at the Open. You're usually competing against them and stuff like that. So it's a neat mixture of um, players out of your province, I guess you could call it. it yeah. My first national, so it, it's always going to have a special place in my career, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Karen and I have been trying to make a team together for 15 years, and we keep failing. So. Me, me <laughs> you, and Wilton. I'll never get on a team with either of you guys. <laughs> so, you had to, so you had to start the Pro League, eh? Hey? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, no, it's yeah. it's definitely it's definitely well worth it. So, like I said, check your local proprietors if they have any information, or check search it online. There's always something there, right? So, um, so yeah, let's get into the second uh, president out there that we have on from another association, um, our proprietors association of Canada, Bull Canada. We have Ray Britton. Hey, Ray. Hey guys, how's hey, it going? Hey. Good. I, I was uh, some of some of your your viewers might not realize that the last time we spoke together it was me interviewing you guys. Uh, I was doing yeah. a thing called the a- uh, athlete development matrix, and I wanted to talk to high level five pin bowlers and see how they attained that level of expertise. So now the shoe's on the other foot. So it's yeah. it's great to be here. The was it a complete waste of time, Ray? <laughs> <laughs> well, the project never got finished, but it wasn't your fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, congratulations on your presidency. Um, Thank you. Yes. When we heard that you took over as president, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I was very, very elated. happy. Yeah. Um, you're you are no without question. You are the and, and no disrespect to anybody else on the board, but um, you're a person that we've held in high esteem and, and great respect for a long time. So um, we we're really glad that you're on board. And uh, yeah, it's it's good for the sport. Thank you. I did enjoy being vice president for eight years. Uh, I'm not one who likes the spotlight. So I was really happy there. 
I think they might name the vice presidency after me one day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, president. Here we are, presidency. Yeah, it's yeah, well you know what? You, you you get just enough say, but you don't have to do all the hard work, right? Or the or the sure. head speech. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just gets to show up on these shows now. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You've had you've had past presidents. That I, you had Arnie on, so that was great. Yeah. I love Arnie. Arnie's, Arnie's, Arnie's quite good the guy, yeah. I just yeah. got a new Facebook request for him, and I'm not sure if it's a legit. Yes, now, so. so did I. Sounds like a hack. If it's you, tell us, because I'm not I'm not I'm not accepting it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I said he was a Habs fan. I think that's wrong, right? So yeah. no. <laughs> probably not Arnie then. Uh no. Um so same question, we'll get started with you, Ray. As how sure. I know your family has always been in the bowling business, right? But uh, how did you really get involved or how did you get started and how did you become to where you're at now? Yeah, so as you said, I really had no say in the matter because uh, when I was born, my family owned a bowling center. Um, <laughs> they bought a place called Brecken Lanes in Nanaimo in 1967. Uh, the business had started in 1956 and when they bought it, my dad was driving logging truck and then running the center at night and my mom would help out and uh, then then in 1978, I mean, we're talking about the heyday of bowling. Uh, six lanes wasn't enough anymore. So uh, they built a 16 lane center of 13 and a half thousand square feet, uh, freestanding and uh, 16 lanes. And, and that's where we are today. So, uh, you know, I just grew up in the business. I did YBC uh, from the moment I could. And I, I graduated in the program. I was never a great bowler. I went to some provincial finals, but uh, for YBC. Um, you know, I, I was never competitive really at anything else, but I do enjoy it. I still, I still play in league. Um, and I think it was about 20 years ago, I decided that uh, I would like to, to buy the business from my dad. Uh, I had worked um, after, after high school, I went to university for business, got a business degree uh, in marketing and HR. And I worked in financial services and banking for, for a few years. And uh, I'm the youngest of three boys and my older brothers did their own thing. They actually had moved out of town and my dad wasn't getting any younger. And, you know, I, I saw that it, it was, you know, it's a pillar of the community because as you guys know, it's a place where a lot of people go to, to have some fun and let their hair down. And I, I just saw value in that. Uh, so my wife was on board and yeah, 20 years ago, we, we bought the business. And, and I guess for me, just observing uh, my dad going through the same thing. My dad was actually Bull Canada president back in the late uh, oh. late eighties. So fun fact: we're the uh, the first father son Bull Canada presidents. So uh, yeah. you know, I, I knew that it's just what you do. You go to the meetings, and uh, you know, there's just an incredible value in in sharing experiences with others, and and swapping stories and best practices, and and meeting new people that are really in the same boat as you. So I, I did that, I think, two years after I bought the center. First one was in Niagara Falls, and I've been, uh, I've almost been to everyone since then. Uh, so that would be 18 years, but I missed one for a family wedding. Didn't get to go to Saskatoon, darn it. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been to everyone since, and I got involved with the BC Proprietors Association. Uh, very ground floor. I was the, the Vancouver Island representative for a few years and then got a chance to go into the executive as treasurer and then YBC chair did that for a few years. And then uh, with the changes in the not-for-profit act in Bull Canada, uh, the whole thing changed. So uh, nine years ago, I guess, um, 
ran for the national board and I, and I hadn't actually been uh, Bull BC president, but uh, it got elected onto the Bull Canada board and been there ever since. Hmm. Do so you I've done to... a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know this is a question Daryl was going to talk about maybe a little bit later, but it's a good time for it. Do you want to do you want to go through how the board is elected um, and what positions are available on the board and, and how that, yes. that whole process works? Yeah. So like I said, there was a thing uh, we called the not-for-profit act in both Canada being a, a not-for-profit association. We were bound to make changes as, real, as a result of that. So you could no longer um, be on the board by being a president or elected in your province, you had to be elected nationally. So the way it works now is that every every year there's an election. Uh, there are five positions, president, vice president, uh, secretary, treasurer, five pin chair, 10 pin chair slash marketing chair. Uh, so we have an election every year. Well, we're supposed to have an election every year. If there's still only five people putting their names up, there's no election. So. Yeah. Um, we actually did have a couple of people step down this year. They had served uh, quite a while on the board. Uh, Trevor Peters and Martin Van Campima. You guys would know Martin, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and Rod Hennessy. So three positions opened up. Um, and uh, once once the five people are elected by the, the general membership at the, the meeting, then those five people go and vote between themselves who will be president, vice president, Secretary, Treasurer, five pin, ten pin. Interesting. Hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely does. Yeah, um, it's, I didn't realize it's really, it was such a small board. Yeah, yeah, we, we we did have six at one point, um, and we you know we just realized a few years ago that you know with the industry going the way it is, unfortunately, um, you know another board member essentially costs money. <laughs> because mm -hmm. of expenses. So uh, we just decided, uh, you know, with the blessing of the membership that uh, a board of five would suffice. Absolutely. Can you talk a bit about, um, obviously the Bull Canada is representing the proprietors across the country. It's not a masters for the bowlers or the C5 is for the bowlers, but it's more of the business owners and the proprietors. Um, sort of just evolve a little bit on that of sort of what the what the mandate is of yeah. Bull Canada and what the responsibilities are that you're looking to accomplish throughout the year. Sure. Yeah. So as you say, uh, we're comprised of, uh, the, you know, the trade association of people that own bowling centers. So our members are the bowling proprietors. And, um, you know, there's there's a few different important things that that we like to accomplish. Obviously, we want to create value for our members, which which means helping them earn money uh, and, and pay the bills and be profitable. And so to that end, you know, we have our, our YBC program, which, you know, brings people into the bowling centers, typically on weekends, uh, weekend mornings, maybe a little bit slower, different than it used to be. Of course, uh, weekends are a little bit different. Um, we also have the, the 55 plus national program, as well as the, uh, the sunshine program, which is a relatively well, new-ish, newer than the others, which is the special needs uh, program, and that's a, a national thing as well. We also have what we call power purchase programs that are meant to save proprietors money. Uh, anything from, you know, food and beverage to uh, insurance to redemption, sort of arcade supplies, um, technology, that sort of thing. 
Mm-hmm. Now, do you find yeah. that that's a little bit differing um, across across the country? You know, somebody the ac- the accessibility to all those things within Nanaimo might be different from somebody in Newfoundland versus somebody in you know northern Alberta. So that we you know leading to that next question, to the challenges that you might have is that not everybody has the opportunity and accessibility to all the things that you have to offer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We try to have you know a good array of of products. If you're talking, are you talking specifically about the uh, the, no. the power purchase programs? Okay, just no, anything. no, not yeah, just in general. That obviously the diversity of yeah. a bowling center that might have four sure. lanes versus a center that has sixteen versus a letter that you know we were just out at Nebs that has fifty two lanes. Yeah, right. So just the, the the availability and the accessibility to you know sure. to run all these programs, do all these things is is obviously different, presenting a challenge yeah. for you as a board. Right. Yeah. So I, I guess to answer that question, I would say that we, we try to have something for everybody. You know, maybe they can't use everything. Um, and I certainly don't use all of the power purchase programs because I don't have a redemption arcade at this point. So, you know, I don't make use of that. But it's it's a very valuable program for those that do have it uh, because they save a ton of money uh, on purchasing plush and, and prizes and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, you know, some centers don't have don't have YBC, but they're still members because maybe they're more of an entertainment focused center. So they are able to make use of the food and beverage buying programs and, and the, the redemption and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, even though if you can't use everything, we hope that you can use something that will save you money and ultimately uh, save the cost of of membership or, you know, more than pay for the cost of membership. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. You have something for FEC centers where they're more. You you have. We're at a point in time where we have. We're at a juncture where um, there's two different styles of bowling alleys, and there's sure. and there's inter intermixing in between, and yeah. that being FECs being just entertainment centers that are there for basically bowling for fun, and then having all the arcades and all those things and stuff like that, and then you have the centers that are focused on leagues, and at least. Yeah, you're, you're right. You have something for the arcade side of things and the FEC side of stuff. And if you have something for the league-based centers where you have your YBC program and your tournaments and those sort of things, then that's beneficial for everybody. Do you want, for sure, do you yeah. Want... And that's, that's I think, the reason why we're starting to add some of the purchase programs for, you know, the the plush and, and that sort of thing. Because we identify that, that, you know, centers are changing and the way they make money is changing. And so we're trying to adapt as, a, as an association because we realize that the industry is changing and you know we obviously would have an eye on the past of we, we love YBC at the flagship program but we realize we don't have seven seventy thousand kids anymore right yeah. and so we we try to try to help everybody as much as possible yeah totally the, the YBC program isn't exactly an, uh, a a huge money-making thing at this point it's something that we we do as a center to a promote the game um make make a little bunny, bit of money on the offs right. like on off times but more than that it's it's to generate income five ten fifteen years down the road where exactly these people are staying in your leagues for for a long term but yeah on the short term it, it, it doesn't make a ton of money and that's okay it's good for the game because we, we mm-hmm. need those bowlers eventually sure yeah. yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I think I don't know of anybody's YBC program that is more than it was ten years ago, uh, which is too bad. But it is a foundational grassroots program, and you know, if you don't keep feeding that funnel, 
even though you may not be making up for the losses you take every year, as long as you keep feeding new kids in, you know, maybe 15 years down the road when they've got a coworker that says, hey, I've, I'm, I'm on a bowling league, bowling team, we need a player. This person will say, well, you know, I did play for a year back when I was 11. So it's not yeah. like it's totally new to me. But it's just filling that pipeline is important. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, 100%. Um, I guess that's a, that's a good interlude or move on to the next topic. Uh, YBC, we, we had finally had our nationals at NEBS. Yes. And uh, how did your how was the, the first new trial run of that kind of new format go for you guys? You know, it was just so cool to see everybody together again. And, yeah. and like, you know, you guys played at NEBS. Uh, but man, seeing 48 lanes of, of YBC kids, you know, for all those days, and the parents and just the energy is unbelievable. Um, and then I didn't even know some of the stories coming out of it. You know, the, the guests that you guys had on afterwards, mm-hmm. some of those yeah. stories were phenomenal. I mean, you've got the, the dad and the two girls winning the senior girls team. Yeah. And then the silver medalist was also a dad and two girls that hit their daughters. And then Dennis with his grandkids and, uh, you know, Colton, winning the the senior boys and he had just played in the the open i mean such cool stories and um it it was a little weird doing it in july and and we will get back to may next year but uh you know as you know tom and jeff and and the england family and you know steve barker they they do a great job it it was really just good to see everybody again yeah so where do we have where do you have nationals now coming up this year Regina. Yeah, so multiple centers. We need 48 lanes. So, you know, I, I believe we'll be paying, playing at the four, the four centers in Regina. So, right. so Glencairn, Nortown, um, Golden Mile, and... And Boulderama. Boulderama, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the one nice thing about hosting... Well, no, not the one nice thing. One of the many nice things about hosting at NEBS is how often can you have all of those kids in one center at one time? Yes. How hard was it to keep them like focused on bowling with all the arcades and games and stuff? Man, <laughs> it's pretty it was wild hard for me to focus on bowling. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say I had a hard enough time. I was always checking out the games. It's, it's quite a place. <laughs> Anybody that hasn't been there has to go. As a five fin bowler, you have to do yourself a favor and buy a ticket to Toronto and make your way out to Nets just to say you've been. So it's got to be a bucket list thing for five pin bowlers. Totally. And they give out wonderful free tours. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure I got mine. Yeah. The redemption games will get you, right, Dex? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Um, well, the yeah. other thing we can talk about is with your with your youth program there, Ray, was the shootout. And yes. how much of a success that is with everything. Yeah, uh, do you want to explain how how many entries you got this year, and maybe explain what a little bit of what it is? It was a Jamie Newton idea, was it not? Yep, yeah. Jamie yeah. Newton came up with the idea. Sorry, I'm just looking at my notes, trying to find the number of shootout. Yes, yeah. I got it. J- Jamie Newton started it out. Uh, we did it as a kind of a pilot program about three years ago, uh, and then we we had a few more centers come into the fold with it with a new system. Kevin Burns at the office built an app, so. You know, you could go in at any time and see who your match was against. Phenomenal. Um, and and this past year, we expanded it. I think we only had it for, oof, I can't remember how many centers we did last year. We kind of got shut down with COVID. So we, we started it and couldn't finish it. This year, um, we couldn't really start it because 
we would have liked to start after Christmas. A lot mm. of centers weren't open. It's hard to believe that it was just this past year that a lot of centers weren't open in like January, but leagues couldn't run. So we, we had to wait until April, sorry, March, March or April to start it. Um, so typically the format is uh, we've got Bantam, Junior, Senior, uh, Pins Over and Scratch. And uh, there's a, a two week qualifying. And then those people that qualify are seated into brackets. And then the brackets just keep working their way down until you've got, you know, head to head. And then you pay out prize money for the top X number of places, depending how many entries you've got. This year, what we had to do, because we started late and didn't have time for the qualifying, we had to just assign everybody into a bracket. So we had dozens, if not hundreds of brackets, because we had uh, 2,756 entries to be exact. Uh, that's across cool. all divisions, which is yeah. amazing. And this is during COVID when even our YBC is down. So, um, you know, it, it was a little different than we would have liked, but, but it happened. And uh, just the level of engagement with the kids, you know, I would go tell my kids, hey, do you know who you're bowling against? Yeah, some kid in Newfoundland. And it's just, it's kind of surreal that, uh, you know, they, they just have a little extra, little extra motivation at league bowling that week. Because, you know, sometimes later in the season, you, you kind of forget what you're doing there. And, you know, the, the YBC championships is done and you're not really qualifying for anything. So it's a nice little thing to, to keep the kids engaged, especially during COVID when we couldn't really do anything. Um, and we actually also offered one for 55 plus and the adult leagues on a team basis. And that was strictly pins over average. And that was, was that the, your version of the Bowl Canada Cup this year? Correct. Right? Yeah, it yeah. was just all online this year. So, yeah. Is that something that you're going to be changing back in the future? Or what's yes. the plan yeah. for that? Yeah, we do yeah. plan to have the Bowl Canada Cup in person next year. Um, that would require a few more hoops because we've got uh, the 5-pin and 10-pin Bowl Canada Cup as well as the Club 55 Cup that we like to do in one place. So we're, we're close to mentioning, but I'm not at liberty to give out any information on the exact location at this point because it is close to being booked, but not 100%. No. Top secret. Yes. <laughs> uh, we, we do have a question here in the chat. Uh, Bill Brooks, what was the feedback on the new YBC Nationals format, and will there be changes in the future? Yeah, so... Um, I kind of say we're victims of our own success when it comes to YBC Nationals because um, we decided to add another medal event for both singles and teams. So for those of you that don't know, the first day of the competition, the Bantam Junior Senior Girl form a team and they bowl as a team in a medal event, same with the boys. And then the, the doubles teams, uh, say, for example, the junior boys and junior girls from BC will form a four-player team and then play for a medal. Um, and everybody loves, well, I shouldn't say everybody. Most people love those events. Can't say everybody. But most people love those events because it's another opportunity to win a medal. The only thing is it adds to the schedule, which slows things down. So uh, when we were at NEBS in 2019, um, I actually wasn't there. I was supervising the 10 pin national, but I, I did have uh, a team from my center there. And they said, Ray, it just like, we didn't get out of there till like, I don't know if it was 9.30 or 10 o'clock. Um, so we, we did have to make some changes. Is it perfect? No, 
Um, so we do have uh, a committee that's going to get together to discuss that, and it will be a variety of stakeholders to discuss the format. Some people love the format because um, you can't say it wasn't exciting because, uh, you know, even as, as you found out on the, the podcast that you did with the winners, some mm -hmm. of them wouldn't have won a medal and, and they ended up winning, which, I mean, that's really Correct. cool. You know, yeah. anytime you've got a stepladder, number four could come up and win, you know, if they play right. So, mm -hmm. yeah. like I said, it's not perfect, and uh, but you can't say it wasn't exciting. I think that's the issue that any any association or anything dealing with a whole national event, it's never going to be perfect. You're never going to please everybody, but it's the getting right. the best result in the end, right? And yeah. I think you guys had a, a real awesome result. It was so good. Yeah. Sorry. We have a dog. Yeah, he, he doesn't agree uh, earlier. I was wondering. I, was like, I don't think any of us four have Sound a dog. Sound effects. Um, I had to put my cats out Let's because bark they like have that. a habit of yeah. walking in front of the screen. Um, but, uh, you know, as, on that topic, I was watching the Little League World Series. They don't play every team. If you get beat twice, you're out. You right. know, so Canada didn't play... Uh, uh, who did they play? They, I know they beat Japan, but they played you know, Mexico they, they and lost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they didn't play all of the international countries because they lost twice. So, I mean, part of me likes to say, well, that's just the format. So, you know, the format's the format. The only issue is that we had, you know, many years of a different format, and because you know we decided to add an event, we did have to make some changes. So, you know, people don't like change. So. We, but it, like it, I said, we are. It takes time. Yeah. We are it taking feedback. Yeah. You had some interesting comments about national classified, and I don't know the history yes. of where that's at now, that. but might be worth addressing sort of where we're at with that and and it coming back or what the thoughts are there. You know, a lot of people did love national classified, and I know Tim's one of them. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, Jim Llewellyn from Winnipeg loves it because he's been the defending champion for how many years now? Because his team was the last one to win. He beat um, mine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, it was a good event. Um, it was also for a lot of people that, that don't see the, the insides of it, it was a very expensive tournament to run. And the entries got to the point where it wasn't feasible anymore. Uh, and a lot of centers... And I know it wasn't just my own, had trouble fielding class whatever. So you'd have to put in a subpar team because somebody moved up from a lower average class into a higher average class just for the sake of making a team. And I mean, I, I did have some teams have some great success. They went to nationals and they had a great time. I, I liked it too. But, you know, the hard reality is that if, if a tournament is costing money, and that wasn't just nationally. Uh, every province had to put out a provincial as well, and that's not cheap either. So it, in totality, uh, the number, the cost that it took nationally, just with adding up all the provinces, et cetera, to put on the event was staggering. So unfortunately, we uh, we had to make a change. Uh, yeah. And there's some people that we replaced it with the Bull Canada Cup. Um, it is a different event. It's uh, strictly pins over average. Um, and a lot of centers do very well with it because they hold, uh, I, I know one example is Port Coquitlam. They love the event. They do a Port Coquitlam cup 
and they have multiple qualifiers and they feed a lot of people through to try and win the Port, Port Coquitlam Cup for the honor of going to the Bowl BC Cup, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I, I think any the success of any tournament is is how much effort you put into it and what you make of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I know speaking from our center, uh, we have a real hard time sometimes with the Canada Cup. I also think it factors in there's in Alberta and especially Edmonton, there's a ton of different events out there. Right. And, For and sure. It's it, it just trying to find the right time to do it properly yeah. is real tough for us. But we, we still get our team in there. I know one of our senior teams went in there and went to Nashville. I, I think they won, I believe, um, before COVID happened. So um, right. the people that do participate, they do like it. So it's it's sure. a good program. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's no different than, than the reason that I, I want people to do the, the YBC shootout is because it's just keeping up the level of engagement, you know. Um, and it, it does go to a provincial and national. So for those that are interested in, in uh, competition, it's a, it's a fairly good way to, to get your foot feet wet. Correct. Um, another good question that I noticed there was regarding the YBC enrollment being down the last mm-hmm. 10 years. And that's probably a tough you know, question to answer why, because yeah. there's many different <laughs> factors, especially across the country in various provinces. But I think we maybe we spin it as what is Bowl Canada doing in order to help enrollment throughout mm-hmm. various provinces or anything specifically that maybe you're seeing in other centers um, that are having success, maybe getting people bowling. Maybe it's the the kids bowl free program or or different things. What is what's you know what can we do in order to help enrollment increase rather than focusing on the fact that it's been decreasing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it is a great question, and I was actually really surprised to hear some of the numbers of of the kids bowl free in Edmonton. Uh, that's, that's astonishing, uh, you know, and then the, the strength of that program, yes, a whole bunch of kids get to bowl for free, but, but then you also have a a means to contact those people. So I think that's, if we're talking about the success of that program specifically, uh, it's what the centers are doing with that information. Now, are they contacting those people and saying, Hey, uh, we're going to start a, an eight week program. I understand it's not a full season, uh, but that is the end goal is to get them to bowl a full season. So it's just, you know, sharing best practices to, to say, well, what are you doing with your kids bowl free bowlers? Are you going to do an eight week program or are you just trying to get them into your 28 week program? Um, actually just recently we are doing a national Facebook campaign for the centers that, that are interested in it. So Tim and Dex, make sure you guys take advantage of that. Uh, it is going to be, um, targeted to this, uh, I think it's a 10 or 20 kilometer radius of your center, uh, offering $5 off uh, YBC membership for your center. Obviously that's comes off the national portion. So just a way to get bowling in front of people. Um, we've created uh, some social media or website ready advertising. Uh, we did a photo shoot that has, you know, seniors and kids uh we've got a variety of uh shareable photos that we did a a number of years ago at nebs so just trying to get bowling out there and and make it interesting for people we we did have the eight for eight program um where whereby the kids bowl an eight-week program they get a bowling ball at the end so all these little things to try and get people in the door and build some excitement totally is there i mean that's on sorry dex um on the ybc side of things 
What about adult leagues? Obviously, there's you know governing that side of things too. Do we see yeah. a decrease in adult leagues across the country, or have those somewhat stabilized, or or are we looking at any increase in, in sort of now that pandemic is done, or or what sort of numbers are you seeing within adult leagues across the country? Yeah, it's interesting actually. Jeff England did a survey on a, a Bull Canada Facebook page, just kind of wondering what people are thinking, how your leagues are going to compare to 2019, which is really the last year you want to compare against because 20 and 21 were really goofy. So, uh, but there was a lot of positivity. Uh, a lot of people are thinking that, that we could see those people come back. I personally haven't seen it yet, but I think that the best thing we can do for that is share best practices. And that's really the strength of the mm -hmm. association is, is the networking and sharing best practices and, you know, rising tides lift all ships. So, let's let's rise it let's raise it yeah. Yeah, i agree i i think we're we're definitely feeling that positivity eh, tim tim, we, tim has been we, doing an excellent job with like getting our leagues all organized and stuff and it, it sounds like we're gonna be stuffed which is yeah we we're fortunate during uh the COVID years we were still like running 80 percent. so yeah um not not upset by any means on that so mm -hmm. Um, you got to find ways in order to uh, bring people in and like for the kids bowl free for example I have a registration draw at the front counter it says we'll do a draw for YBC and everybody wins one in a family they don't have to know I want to yeah, hear that at the AGM this year Tim yeah yeah well I, mom doesn't let me go so I mean that's fine so you can talk <laughs> yeah, to her about okay. that <laughs> But for those proprietors listening, if you're wanting to get your kids into the YBC program and you're not running the Kids Bowl Free program, definitely consider it in the summer. Definitely consider it because that is that is easily the best way that we've gotten more kids into our YBC program. Yeah, totally. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, somebody, uh, Brett Hedrickson, asked about what about coupons in the cereal, and and we do try to court those national programs. I mean, we've had the the cornflakes thing. We've had uh, General Mills, we've had, uh, I think we had orange juice one year, we had it on flour. Uh, we try, um, but it, it's a tough sell lately because those companies actually pay to have the bowling on there. So yeah. we, we've got we've got irons in the fire, it's just trying to get them to, to take it's, it. It's, it's kind of like the TSN, right? Wasn't that something that, yes. I mean, the proprietors had to pay for the production of that. Right. It wasn't like TSN said, hey, well we'll do this for free and give away a bunch of prize money. Somebody was having right. to pay for it, right? Yeah, and you know what? It's interesting, now that you talk about TSN, I think a lot of centers noticed an uptick when the TSN was on because Huge. it was front and center. It was Saturday morning sports. So it's just unfortunate that yeah. that had to end the way it did because it wasn't anything we did. It was just that CBC decided and TSN said, we're not gonna do it anymore. Uh, yeah. And it, it sounds like it was a mandate that came from the top. It wasn't about bowling specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, I know for TSN, they just said we're only doing Olympic sports. Right. Yeah. And I think that's something that selfishly, isn't. you know, selfishly us as Five Pin Universe, you know, we created the the Pro yeah. League, right? Uh, sure. And really, it's just because we want to get bowling back on TV. So we're putting totally. in our time and energy and resources yeah. into putting bowling on TV by creating something. And the Pro League is what you totally. know, the answer was. And now here we are with 24 teams. And I know you're part of it, but yes, if all these, I got a team all, this year. 
if all these bowling centers can help promote it as well and they can put it on their TVs, then, mm-hmm. you know, yep. just the more traction and the more people watching it, like, oh, you're on TV. YouTube is, is sure. TV now. Let's yeah. be honest, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, that my kids watch YouTube. We don't have cable and exactly. they spend a lot of time yeah. watching there TV still. But but yeah. you're, you're right. Uh, unfortunately, losing TSN was probably the biggest hit to our game that we've had. It's tough. In our history, yeah, it honestly. was tough. Yeah. And, and actually, during COVID, when there was no sports on TV, I tried to start a little grassroots campaign to, to get TSN or CBC to play some bowling. It was like, you guys don't have anything to show. Play bowling. Yeah. And... Uh, well, and the hang-up on that was I don't think it was an a- HD or something like that. Yeah, it was something that's not an HD. Whatever. Yeah. It is. What it <laughs> yeah. is but, yeah. but Ultimate sure. Frisbee is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, Ray, I, I think we're going to have to cut it right now, but yeah. uh, we, we got to get you back on. Um, yeah. I'm game. Uh, just, uh, perfect. Just about how everything we can have conversations for hours on this. Sure, um, yeah. We can talk about all the bowlers that have ended up at my center because they don't want to be in Alberta anymore. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, You're the, the, welcome. The, 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 the senior games, right? Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah Frank but, Clark's but, one of my best coaches. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, but once again, Ray, thanks for coming on. And uh, I hope all the YBC membership's up and I hope everything goes successful this year for you guys. Great. Thanks, guys. I appreciate everything you guys are doing. So uh, keep it up. Like I said, rising tides lift all ships. Gotcha. Perfect. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Ray. Thank you, Ray. Perfect. Uh, Ray's always been so great and uh, a great ambassador to the sport. So very well spoken. Obviously, he's open to questions and all that great stuff. Oh, yeah, that guy's way smarter than any of us. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> good, good leader. Good leader for yeah. Bull Canada, right? Obviously, yeah. put in eight years as a VP, and now to move into a president role, right? And and he's got some good things to say, and yeah. uh, and I like what he says. You know, everybody just support each other, and um, you know, share best practices, and that's that's what you that's what all the product proprietors need to do, right? Yeah, yeah it was a good Built. choice. I think Ray is the president that we needed for Bull Canada, and I'm glad he's there. Good. Yeah, perfect. All right, so our final guest, uh, I know I saw him all last weekend, uh, our C5 president, Len Elifson. How's it going, Len? Hey, great. How's, how's everyone doing tonight? Good. Good, how are you? Great, thanks. Good. Hey, you get, I got to you guys have an amazing show. Um, I, I've been sitting here since you started, and I watched, <laughs> uh, listened to Brian Rossetti talk and uh, Ray and listened to all the comments that you guys are having, and I just, I think it's awesome, so good job. Thank you. We appreciate Thank it. You. I really yeah. appreciate it. And that's that's the um, fun that we try to do is put on different guests every week, right? Whether it's you know bowlers that have history or past champions or now we've got a bit of a good format. And Tim's obviously great at booking everybody, so it's a it's a combined effort to to get to where we're at for sure. Excellent. So so Len, I guess you you've been listening all the time. We'll we'll get a little bit of a, a background on on how you started or where you came from and. And how you became to be the position you're at? Sure. Well, my my story is a little different than the other two. Um, I I was not a bowler. I was a high school football player, uh, high school sports, and then I met a young lady in uh, grade eleven, and uh, we kind of got chatting. And I said, "What are you doing Sunday? We need to go out." And she says, "No, I can't. I got to go bowling." And I said, "You got to go what?" She says, uh, I, I bowl in the senior YBC program. So 
I got to be down at Recreation Lanes in Brandon on uh, seven o'clock on Sunday night. So I said, "Well, come watch," and it just uh, I started bowling, and uh, you know she she went to a few events, uh, you know, like the Youth Challenge and the Four Steps to Stardom, and it just piqued my interest a little bit more. So um, yeah, started bowling with her, and then uh, joined a league. Uh, started bowling in a league, and then from there it was just um, I, I I thought I was a fairly decent bowler, but um, not not great so i thought i would get involved in the uh, administration side of it so we started a league on a friday night uh, ran the league for a number of years and then uh, uh, bernie Britton ran recreation lanes out here in brandon and he recruited me to be his ybc program director uh, did that for a few years and then uh, while doing that moved up to the uh, as a ybc zone rep for bill stewart uh, out here in manitoba so um, then, then we held a YBC National in Winnipeg, and I was involved in that and thought, you know, this is something I just, I just really enjoyed giving back to the, to the, to the youth. So I uh, kept doing that, and again, starting up a league in Brandon, I became the president of the Brandon Five Pin Bowlers Association, and then things just kind of morphed, and I became the president of the Manitoba Five Pin Bowling uh, mm -hmm. Association, did that for about uh, seven years. Uh, became the president of the Manitoba Fife and uh, Bowling Federation uh, for a couple of years. And uh, when you're the president on Manitoba Five, you get a seat at the table at C5. So I attended a couple of C5 meetings with uh, the late Joff McMullen, a uh, great ambassador for the game. And uh, him and I attended a couple of meetings, and then I got suckered into being elected as the secretary treasurer for the C5 board. And then uh, first vice president, which I held for about six years, uh, six or seven years at that. And uh, then uh, 2016 come along and uh, I, I changed careers and got involved in politics here in Manitoba. So I stepped down from C5 just thinking, you know, I don't have the time. And if I can't give something my best, then I'm certainly not going to do it. So I stepped down and then two years ago, uh, got a couple of phone calls. Uh, a few phone calls from some provinces saying, "Hey, would you be interested in running for president?" And so last year I said, "Yeah, let's let's do it." So uh, I got elected back as president last year, and uh, so I've got uh, one more year left on my term, and we're moving things forward. Absolutely. I I, I know all the questions and all the answers, most of them because I was there at the meeting this past weekend. Um, Daryl, I know you have some questions you want to ask. Yeah, well, no, Tim, I, I think it's just important. Let's talk about what, um, again, what's the mandate of C5? What's the overruling sort of philosophy? I mean, we are, we're supporting the, the rules, but you also have the open tournaments, uh, the U Challenge, the Interprovincial. So maybe just tell us a little bit about the program offerings first, Glenn. Sure. So, well, let's, uh, it's a great segue when you talk about the mission uh, of C5, which is really to provide uh, programs and services to the members. Uh, again, as you mentioned earlier, we are a members organization. Um, so when we sit around the table, at, uh, even at the C5 meetings, when we talk about uh, rural changes, when we talk about where our events are going and things like that, um, we really want the involvement of our members, uh, which are our bowlers, our presidents, our vice presidents out in the provinces, so much to the fact that as a C5 executive member, and Tim can attest to this, yeah. we, don't even, we don't even get to vote, um, which is good because we really want to hear from our members. We want them to run the association that's based on what is good for the association and what is good for our members. So when we look at that, our mandate is to ensure we have good quality coaching programs. 
We have uh, good quality programs for our youth to come into, such as our Youth Challenge, and even um, you know something that will help uh, the the average bowler uh, to get involved more in their in our sport, so that we can really enhance the game. And then, of course, we have the Open, which is more on the elite side. Um, you know, which is what we kind of end the year with is our our big push to end that. So we we try to do a lot of things, and I know right now. You know, we are looking at the coaching aspect of it. And uh, again, you're, you're right, Tim, Tim, as you mentioned, you have all the, yeah. the questions there, but you have the answers too, because Tim, Tim, Tim does just look after our technical portion. So when we look at coaching, we want to make sure that we have the ability to provide uh, good coaching programs to, the, to the, those in masters, good coaching programs for coaches throughout the YBC program, and then, of course, our own events as well. So uh, we have a pretty big emphasis on coaching right now, especially when we're looking at how do you teach the coaching program. And we look at the, um, uh, what it, I believe it, it used to be called the Master Learning Facilitators. Now they're uh, Master Coaching and Development, I believe it is, M- M- MCD. Yeah. Um, we started off uh, to become a, a master coach. So those are the ones who teach folks how to teach the course. Um, to be a master developer, you need to develop the program. And out of the seven people that developed the program, mm-hmm. uh, I believe we only have four left. Um, and they're still not even that active anymore because it's that generation. And uh, just, just like uh, Brian said earlier, we need to get that younger people in so that they can take over. So we are developing and working on some online uh, virtual models so that we can get more coaches uh, trained, get more coaches out there helping, to, so people can really enjoy the sport, right? So, so that's that's the aspect of the coaching, right? The technical piece of it, and then always trying to stay attuned to to what is going on in the industry, right? So, you know, Ray said, you know, we got to work together, and that is so true, right? We uh, we we would not have a game, an organization, if we didn't. Uh, have the proprietors running bowling centers for us to host our games in, um, and we wouldn't have we wouldn't have a program if we didn't have bowlers. So it's kind of a, a two-sided ship where we gotta you know keep all of our books open, be willing to work with everybody, and uh, really try to enhance the experience that that bowlers have. If that makes sense. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess we can also mention that the new community level one virtual clinic is being uh is, is available online but as we talked about with len part of the part of the problem we were or try the the part of the solution we're trying to create is uh we have to get the learning facilitators online to be virtually trained before we can do a virtually online class so it's yeah. part of our regiment we're doing right now to get that going What about the uh, events um, specifically? What's pl- what's going down this year? Where are you know national championships for those three youth challenge, IP, and the Open? Sure. Well, you know, I, I got to say we're really excited. Um, lots of opportunities for us. Uh, but this year, as as you, I think you mentioned a little bit earlier, we are making progress here in Manitoba. Um, things are really coming along. People are getting excited. Um, people want to get involved. They want to see our sport grow. So uh, we're actually going to be hosting the, uh, the Youth Challenge uh, at Rossmere Lanes out here in Winnipeg, uh, March 22nd to yeah. 25th. So, so that, that's really a, a great opportunity for us to move that forward. Um, you know, Marilyn McMullen, who is now the Vice President 
of Manitoba. Uh, she is also chairing that event. So I know we shared a whole bunch of information with all the presidents over the weekend. Um, and of course, because we didn't know where the event was going to be hosted until last weekend, uh, we have a lot more information coming uh, in the very near days of, of where we're staying and what we're using. But we are using Rossmere Lanes. So uh, should be pretty exciting. Um, I would like to maybe, uh, you know, play with the idea. And I know we did this in Edmonton one year when we hosted the youth, when you folks hosted the Youth Challenge in Edmonton, mm -hmm. is we had more of a, a youth group get together and, and, and discuss the, the, the program and discuss how we can enhance it. And, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm only the president. I, I don't run the organization, but I would really mm -hmm. like to see us do something like that again uh, and just get that valuable feedback. And I'd like to extend that to all the events we have. So even the interprovincial, uh, when we head to Thunder Bay um, in, in April, April 27th to 29th, I believe we're going to use both Mario's and Galaxy uh, for the interprovincial. And uh, again, it would be nice to have the opportunity to have the bowlers provide input on the event. Um, I don't, I don't want to stale date any of our events. I want to make sure that we're always creating new ideas, uh, getting things that are exciting, but getting things that the bowlers want to see, so whether it's more games, uh, different rotations, you know, uh, things like that. Um, and then, of course, uh, as, as you're well aware, the Open uh, will be hosted in Edmonton, mm -hmm. uh, May 30th to uh, June 3rd. So looking forward to coming back out for that one. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's exciting. Things, things are happening uh, coming out of these past two years, which have been depressing for a lot of bowlers across the country. We now have something to look forward to. Um, again, as a bowlers organization, we really want to enhance the sport and, and make it enjoyable, but make it competitive as well. And I, I see that, you know, with the five pin universe, you guys have done an amazing thing by creating that next level so that, uh, folks, uh, you know, may get involved in that. And I even saw today where someone had purchased a membership. I, I think it was on Facebook, purchased a membership to, uh, to join in, in your organization. And to me, that's because all the groups are working together to promote the sport. I think that was Aaron, and he's looking to have his own team at some point in time in, in, the, in the league, yeah. right? Which is which yeah. is great. I mean, we've got lots of yeah. in the pro league. That's a side thing. Absolutely. Um, question regarding the membership in order to belong to C5. Now, not every yeah. proprietor, or sorry, not every league bowler um, belongs to the C5 membership program. Maybe, you know, evolve a little bit around right. that, what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what, ideally in everybody's mind, if you had uh, everybody having a membership would be ideal. Um, but again, because it is a members organization, we want members to feel that there is a value to them to join the association. Uh, forcing someone to have a membership um, at this point is probably not, in my mind, is not the best thing to do. Um, I, again, I would like people to say, hey, I don't have a membership. Uh, not that I don't want one, but I don't know what's in it for me. And then you can explain it to them, work with them, let them know why a membership is valuable, what, what it pertains to, and then they can come on board. Uh, but then again, we need to have the, the programs available that enhances their membership and, and allows them to participate. So, yeah, we, we struggle a little bit, uh, again, because of the last two years. Um, we, we also respect the fact that we're in somebody else's house, right? Because we don't own the bowling centers, we're in somebody else's house. And we certainly are, are in no shape to uh, tell the proprietors how we want things to work. Uh, we certainly want to work with them and do what's best that can benefit them and us. Um, and again, you know, we want the bowlers, or pardon me, we want the proprietors to be successful. 
by bringing as many people into the, uh, their bowling centers as possible. And if we can do that by increasing our membership, then it's a win-win for everybody. You guys are sort of at the whim of the proprietors to obviously push your membership and push your events. Um, I, I know it's not a perfect solution because if you're in a, if if your bowlers are in a center that doesn't want to push any of those things and doesn't want to push, is there an, is there another way that that they can get involved? Is there like have you guys? I mean, I guess it's it's provincial memberships, not national membership, correct? That that is correct. Yeah. So at at this moment, anyways, yeah, the the Canadian Five Pin Association does not sell memberships directly to its to the members. Um, it is it is provincial memberships, and um, you know people. It's like you're buying one and getting getting two. So you buy your provincial membership, but you automatically get the C five membership with it. Um, you know, so we rely heavily on uh, the C five members, which are the provinces. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to get down to their grassroots, to get down to the to the leagues, and get that information out there, and sometimes that's a challenge. You know, you, you you know when you only have so many volunteers to go around to try to get to every league uh, one night a week, and uh, you know share information and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's tough to do, um, yeah. and you know, and that's why we need to work with the proprietors and uh, you know let them know that we're there to help them, and of course we ask for their assistance as well. So is is the opportunity i mean obviously this would have to happen have to happen at a provincial level but the opportunity to purchase memberships online as as you were just we were saying about uh, the wcbt membership there with there and is that something you guys would consider because i mean obviously at this point you know th- there's obviously going to be some tournaments that I- if that center doesn't push you know the tournaments then they won't get like high low doubles or things like that but that would give them the opportunity to see the open go play the open go play the ip and then and then maybe and then maybe have you know their email database so that you can communicate with them in a in a more efficient sort of way and and allow your communication to them and tell them when these events are coming up. Is that is that something that you would just, just take some of the pressure off of the proprietors that are oh, yeah. that you're yeah. reliant on and, and you can't always trust that they're going to be pushing your stuff, right? No, absolutely, and, and, and absolutely. If if someone was to contact the Canadian Five Pin Association on our website. Uh, on our Facebook page and say, I want to buy a membership. Um, absolutely. We just refer them. We will get in touch with the, the local association, the provincial association, and say, here you go. It's it's no different than, uh, uh, you know, my political world. If someone wants to buy a membership, they don't come to me. They go to uh, the party here in Manitoba. They're going to get a hold of me and say, you know, John Doe wants to purchase a membership. Uh, we would definitely do the same thing. But it would be, yeah, we can, we can there are so many options that we can do and we're looking at. And that, that's one of them. Uh, you know, how do we enhance our website so that we can do live, um, live membership sales? But we want to make sure we associate it with the provinces because some of the provinces, um, you know, they have the federations. They have their sport bodies in the province that provide them with some type of funding uh, based on members. So we want to make sure that they get credit for those members as well. Absolutely. Sure. And so, so sorry, Dex. Um, Speaking on behalf of Alberta, Alberta, we do have our membership you can purchase online through us yeah. as well. So if somebody awesome. can't do it, it's a little bit easier to do that because some centers might not have it available or, it, you know, sometimes some, somebody behind the desk might not have it. So at least we have that option. Yeah. Um, we did exactly. talk about land. I think we did talk about it was a thing like um, Brett Hendricks had talked about membership needs value. 
Um, Len had some ideas that we were all, we had some ideas that we might bring forward and increase, increase our membership value. Um, like, uh, like a membership was it we we're talking about maybe a membership uh, database or like area in the website, maybe down the road. We are, we are reevaluating those things. And uh, I, I do believe that our, our membership right now does have value. Um, mm -hmm. It just depends where you're at. Right. So, yeah. Well, when you, when you look at memberships, if I just, just really quickly, sorry about that, Daryl, but when, when no. you look at memberships, you know, we have an opportunity um, and I, I even said this to, to our board and actually to all of our, our board of directors is, you know, we struggled over the last two years because of COVID. Um, I think our priority is to try to get back to some kind of normalcy um, and bring the numbers back up of our regular bowlers. Let's, let's enhance. I mean, we had, we had 154,000 uh, members in, uh, I believe it was 1983. Uh, when you look, uh, you know, with, with COVID last year, uh, around, you know, just under 10,000 members um, because of COVID. So I think we have some work to do to get those numbers back up. But once we do that, then we can have an opportunity to move forward to how do we introduce bowling to newcomers, new Canadians? How do we involve the Indigenous population and provide them with an opportunity to learn a truly Canadian sport, right? Because, right. Uh, again, when you look at newcomers, they don't know anything about five-pin bowling. They've never seen it because it is only in Canada. So, uh, you know, we have those opportunities and I have those as my, my second and third priority because I want to get us back as much to the normal piece as I can before we move on and try to enhance what we, what we have. Let's enhance the no normal rather than enhancing where we are now. Yeah, great, great comments. I, I was just going to say we, we are seeing really good comments about um, the membership and some of the leagues. Kathy says their leagues are 100% mandatory. Tim, I know our Sunday night league is 100%. You know, you, you, it's part of your dues and stuff. So, um, you know, sharing best practices again uh, is, is a good idea. Um, a question to you, Len, is so with that, how do you determine, how would you define success for this year? Um, based on would it be increased membership and of course c5 has an array of mandates whether it's coaching whether it's tournaments whether it's memberships whether it's people but um, i don't know if you can sum it up but what does success look like for c5 over the next year you know for i guess when we look at success because you you know we have the three events and um if if we can have bowlers that are going back to their bowling center saying man that that event was fantastic um, you know, like the interprovincial is a really good example. Uh, they do different types of qualifying in every province. Like uh, there's not too many provinces that do exactly the same qualifying for it, right? But in the end, they're all coming. Our grassroots bowlers are coming to this event. And when they're leaving, they're saying, man, I'm, gonna, I'm going to that event again next year. And if we see that slight increase in our events at the league level or at the provincial level, then that's a success, right? Because at a national level, we're not going to see um, much of a change in participation at our national events, right? We only have so many spots in the Open. We only have so many spots in the Youth Challenge. Those are going to stay pretty steady. Um, but when we see at the provincial levels or at the league levels, house levels, that participation is increasing to qualify, then that's success. Uh, but again, if we can increase memberships, you know, that, that certainly shows what we're doing. Um, if we can move our sport ahead, um, I don't know how many times you guys have had conversations in Alberta about the dress code, right? Oh. Um, I, I said at our meeting, <laughs> I never, ever want to talk about the Too dress many. code again. 
Yeah, way too many, right? Tim said uh, about a hundred times, and then he comes back and says, "Ah, we talked about dress code." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. I said I never want to talk about dress code, and what do I do? I put it on the agenda. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but if, if we can enhance the dress code so that it's meeting the expectation of our bowlers, right? It's not about it's not about the the eight of us on our or pardon me, uh, four or five, seven of us on the executive, or the twenty two of us sitting around the table coming up with a, a dress code. It's about listening to the to our members, listen to the bowlers, right? And if we're enhancing or changing it to make more people uh, accept the dress code and say, yeah, that makes sense, right? Then that's a success. So, I mean, my whole list of about 45 items, I could go through and say, if this happened, it would be success, right? But it's, it's a matter of, again, enhancing the sport, getting more people involved, but really having that ultimate satisfaction so that we can retain our members and not have to start the recruitment process all over again next year. So, um, and even at that, we did have, I, I assigned a group an opportunity to sit down and look at a working group on membership recruitment and retention. And, uh, you know, Great. they spent an hour and a half on it. And, uh, you know, some really good information come out of it. But again, we, we need to work on it and we need to certainly involve uh, Brian and Ray and, and work with the other organizations to make sure it's seamless, right? At our, at our open last year, we had a four-year-old who was uh, at the event um, and, and kind of playing with the balls, not on the lanes, playing with the balls, but just playing with the balls before everything started. We also, as some of you are aware, had a lady who was over 90 that went up on the lanes and threw one ball in the warm-up like, before mm -hmm. the event started. And it really shows that this game is available from very, very young to our more experienced bowler, right? And then, uh, again, it's, it's the game there, but it's also the sport when you look at the events that all three of our organizations have. I think you made a great comment there about uh, the retention. I think for any business, that should be maybe number one priority is focusing on business retention rather than mm -hmm. prospecting new accounts. We all know it's easier to keep a happy customer than it is to try to get a new one. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned, Len, about the board. You have seven executive and then 22 uh, board members. So what does that comprise of? Is that, you know, every province across the country? Um, tell us a bit about the board makeup. Sure. So, yeah, we do. We have, we have uh, four executive positions. We have the president, uh, Annette Bruno from Alberta is our first vice president. Tim is our second vice president, uh, looking after technical. And then uh, Vanessa Guerrero from uh, Quebec is our new secretary treasurer, just elected this past weekend. And then we have three directors at large. So one from uh, Northwest Territories, one from Nova Scotia, and then one from Newfoundland Labrador. So that makes up our executive and our executive committee. Plus we have two representatives from every province and territory that sit around the table, right? So uh, again, we have, uh, the, pardon me, those 22 uh, I think we had 24 altogether at our meeting over the weekend, um, and and that's what that's what makes up. And obviously, there's a couple, uh, uh, there's a couple of people like BC. You know, they have they have one person at the meeting, but they do have two. So often, you know, odds like that. But uh, no, we do have really good participation, really great ideas from from all across the country. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. I think I sat on the, I was a couple of years, I can't remember when, but another dozen years ago. But I, I mean, I've talked to Tim, obviously, and it was uh, mm. since your recent meeting, Tim, and you were pretty happy about the really happy. The, the, yeah. the pact 
information at these meetings um you know three days worth of full pack nine to five and i think that's just great to see is that you know you're taking the time to get together and you're working hard on the decisions and the things that are coming out of it so engagement mm -hmm. uh, sounds by all by all accounts good within the board members uh which is obviously important for, for progress as well yeah it, it is very important and again not meeting for two years or we do we met but virtually you know we certainly took the opportunity and i do have to apologize to my executive because on I really wanted to have an executive meeting on the Thursday night. Uh, we started at four o'clock and we finished at about a quarter after nine. Um, yeah. You know, but it helps us set the tone for the next two days, right? And uh, again, we, when you when you run an agenda and you go through it really quick, um, you know what do you really accomplish? So we were able to throw in. A, well, we had a nice little icebreaker, um, but then we were able to throw in an hour and forty-five minutes worth of really really close teamwork. Um, you know, where we put groups together, put people together in five different groups and assign them each a topic uh, where they discuss it and gather ideas and then bring the report back to everybody and then have a further discussion on it. Um, we didn't do anything with the information we received then, but I have all the notes and now we're going to generate, um, you know, moving forward. Because uh, I'm sure all of you will agree there's nothing worse than going to a meeting, spending three days together, going home and not doing anything until you meet again six months later. So we actually have put together uh, three working groups that are going to do some amazing work over the next six months. And uh, I'm going to be calling all the chairs in the next three weeks to find out where they're at. So and I'm going to do that every two to three weeks. So uh, it's, it's a good it's a good time to be in five pin bowling. Yeah. Now, can you give us any insight on any of the technical changes? I know. I mean, one of the biggest change in recent years was obviously the allowance from 18 inch to 17 inches. Um, do we foresee any other drastic technical change uh, in the game that might, you know, increase numbers, or or where are we sort of that with, with with the technical side of things? What's what are yeah. we working on? Well, you know, we we really didn't have anything come to us um, as the sport governing body when there's changes. You know, it needs to be presented to us so that we can have a look at it and make sure it fits in with the realm of what we're doing. Um, I know there's some talk about bands and things like that, but uh, I don't think we're close to anything because nothing has come to us yet. Um, but I certainly, certainly encourage and welcome opportunity for changes in the, in the sport, uh, whether it's technical or whatever, because that's progress. So when things are happening out there, and I know, um, uh, I know Tom England is very good at, uh, you know, checking things out. And I know him and I had a conversation not that long ago, um, but there's nothing, nothing ready to come forward yet. So I, I would say we're all, there's always an opportunity to tweak the sport, uh, to enhance it. I, again, when you look at all, all of you folks, you know, the elite bowlers out there, uh, they have their way of dealing with things. They have a way of working with things. But we also have the grassroots bowler and how do we keep them interested. And sometimes you do need to make those little adjustments to make the game a little bit easier for newcomer, new, new bowlers or league bowlers. And then, you know, change it up a little bit so when you do have your, your play, you know, whether it be the Open or the Masters or, or whatever, that it's a little bit more challenging. Yeah, we have to remember that at the end of the day, the WCBT players or the club tour players were the less than 1% of national yeah. bowlers. You said 10,000 people or years ago was 150,000. I mean, were what guys, 200, you know, 250 yeah. if you want to put maybe a few more into that pool that are playing at the open national level or the Masters tournament level national. 
Um, we're a small percentage, but we're often the, the yeah. loudest and the squeakiest and the ones that are, <laughs> that are also pushing things forward too. So yeah. you, you, yeah. you take it and you give it, right? It's, it's kind of how it works. Yeah. No, excellent. Perfect. Do you guys have anything else you guys want to add in there? Oh man, that's everything I wanted to hear. I, it's so great to see the associations working forward and coming up with all these great ideas and um, having these working groups. That's something that you don't hear too often, the associations building working groups mm -hmm. outside of their meetings, right? That That's a huge step and I love it. Go ahead, Tim. Okay, I was just going to say, you know, it is a real challenge because we got to remember everybody around that table are volunteers. Right, yeah. so they're going to go back to their uh, their jobs, uh, whether they're working 80 hours a week or 120 hours a week, and then we get we're asking them on the side of their desk to have a look at this sport we call five pin bowling, right? Mm -hmm. So to get that commitment from 23 people to split up onto committees and some on more than one committee, um, I, I think is pretty awesome. Uh, I, I'm I'm excited about this year and what the future has. I think we we're the only place we can go is up. Yeah, I. Um, I've been to, I think, about 10 C5 meetings, and I, I thoroughly um, believe this was the best one I've been to. Um, we had a lot of dialogue, um, the working groups afterwards. I think it's very important. Uh, virtual meetings are great, but you never can get a whole lot done on virtual, I believe. Face-to-face, uh, -face, having lunches, having side talks. Um, it doesn't matter what association you're in. I think that is very much valuable. Um, like I said, like we have a couple working groups, and... Uh, like, um, I'm very lucky to be the one on dress code, it looks like. So um, <laughs> my, my, my favorite topic, and I'm, and I'm in charge of dress code. So, um, but, I mean, we, I, like, first thing we did was we emailed out everybody who was part of my dress code committee and figure out what days we can meet, right? So I'm really excited to see the progress forward, and not just our association, but others as well. So it's a, it's a good thing. So you said, Tim, this was the best meeting you've ever been to in 10 years? I I think so. I, or in 10, 10 events, 10 times. Yeah, I think ten so. Times? Just be, maybe oh, because the, the, the two years that we had off, right, I think was having one in person was really good. And then I think we had a lot of, uh, at least in my group, I had a, we had a lot of meat, uh, meat and potatoes to it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And a good, good positive. It wasn't uh, everybody was working together, it seemed. So it was really good that way. Good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah. All right. Cool. Perfect. Well, Len, thank you very much for coming on and thank you, um, expressing the C5's prerogative and what they're going forward with. And we can't thank the rest of the guys being on too. Ray and Brian, um, I think the associations are in great hands. I, I love it. Well, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to being on again and bringing you updates if you know when, when it happens. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you very much, Len. Okay. Thanks, thank Len. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank you very much. Perfect. Awesome. You know, something we didn't really talk about with any of them, and obviously all three of these presidents, they're volunteers in their right as well. Um, you know, from C5, President Bull Canada, President Masters President, right? So got to give tons of respect and appreciation for them for being, um, you know, volunteers in that role. Maybe there's a little bit, um, you know, honorarium call what it is, but certainly not getting anybody any, any paid. But um, what we didn't say is that they all have a staff in behind that are obviously running offices, right? Yeah. There's a master's office, there's a C5 office, there's a bull Canada office with, with salaried paid positions that are helping run the associations as well. Maybe a future podcast would be having the executive directors 
of each of these associations and go into the go into the the, the meat of it maybe at some point but um you know this is obviously great and i know that they're all great organizations and uh, looking to improve the game of bowling for us all so yeah, yeah. great, great podcast great you buddy can, you can hear yeah. that you can hear the passion right you can hear the passion in all of them and that's really ultimately what you're looking for <laughs> is people who are passionate about the game because those are going to be the people that will actually drive the game forward and not just stay stale and you know this is the way we've done it for a hundred years and that's just not acceptable anymore and so I, I think we're uh, we're in good hands. You can hear the passion. You can hear that they want to push the game forward and build those numbers back up. And it's it's exciting. Well, we need to be willing to change, right? I mean, the, the world is not the same as it was three years ago. It just yeah. it just isn't. Um, it, it's different. So you know, leaders and execs they need to be you know ready to listen and ready to progress and ready to do to do something different. Yeah. Um, it's just not the same anymore, right? Yeah. No. No, it looks. I, I'm I'm excited for the future. I mean, uh, we have a lot of good stuff going on here, right? So, um, very fortunate to be part of it. So, Carrie, totally. do we have a president's report for you from C, uh, WCBT? Everything's <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> uh, no, but we'll have that discussion hopefully on a future podcast. Where yeah, I, I feel I, like we, we get to bring the five, the five pin universe stuff and the WCPT stuff to the forefront. But uh, yeah. we want to give these guys as much attention as they deserve because we wouldn't have our stuff without their stuff. So, yep, for sure. Totally. Um, so with that all being said, we want to thank our patrons. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash five pin universe for as little as two dollars a month. And this you can change after you sign up if you signed up for the two dollars and you like maybe that's not enough you want to up your rates you definitely can it's changeable or if you invested too much and you're sick and tired of us you can downgrade but please don't leave because <laughs> <laughs> we need you guys to continue bringing these types of podcasts to you and uh we we couldn't do it without all your support so once again thank you to all the patrons and all the future patrons absolutely uh, what else do you guys got? Anything? We're good to wrap this show up? I think so. Yeah, I think it's a good oh, show. Good. Just leave it at that. I mean, there's obviously lots we could talk about, but I think this show yeah. is uh, dedicated to the organizations that we had on. Uh, important to leave it at that, I think. So yeah, it was awesome to have them for sure. All right. You guys enjoy the rest of your week and uh, stay hydrated. <laughs> <'Cause she's hot. laughs> Drink your water. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> See you.